Armoire makes getting dressed easy. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, unique, and recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. The styles show up at your door in as little as two days. Then when you're ready for new clothes, just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. My favorite thing about Armoire is all the different style and occasion options from casual to athleisure to night out, work formal, work casual, a total of eight different occasions, three weather options, and 11 categories including accessories, outerwear, and blazers, just to name a few. With Armoire, you can always have something new to wear without the hassle and closet clutter. You know the feeling. You open your closet, it's full, but you have quite literally nothing to wear. You're bored with everything in there. Enter Armoire. Armoire allows you to rent high-quality designer clothes for every occasion. Whether you're planning your outfit for date night, packing for a conference, or in need of a gown for a black tie event, you will be the best-dressed person in the room. Right now, my listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off the first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash parenting. That's armoire.style. A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash parenting to get up to 50% off your first month and never worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. Hey, Parenting Beyond Discipline listeners. Ready to create a home that fosters love, warmth, and style? Look no further than Home Threads, your partner in crafting a nurturing environment. At HomeThreads.com, explore a thoughtfully curated collection of furniture designed for families who believe in positive parenting. From cozy reading nooks to durable playroom essentials, our pieces are crafted to enhance your parenting journey. Home Threads has an incredible selection of furniture, decor, and accessories like throw pillows, blankets to snuggle under for family movie nights or reading time that helps you create the warm, cozy home that is the foundation for happy family memories. I love all the great pieces I've gotten from Home Threads to finish the look in my home. Gorgeous yet durable and cozy accent throw pillows, blankets, and some really cute wall decor. I have an ocean theme throughout my downstairs, so I got a couple of really great wall pieces to finish that look, and some picture frames for the family photos. Visit homethreads.com parenting today and get a code for 15% off your order. That's homethreads.com parenting parenting to get your code for 15% off your order because great parenting deserves a great home. Home Threads. Love where you live. Hello everyone and welcome to the Your Village podcast, Parenting Beyond Discipline, the place to learn about all things parenting and get your questions answered. I'm your host, Erin Royer. The questions I'm answering today are about a particular bedtime struggle and a mom struggling with her four-year-old who's using hateful words when he gets angry. The first question is from Lindsay, and she writes, My two-year-old son Carter, 27 months, great name, Lindsay, I love it, has recently started fighting us when it's time to brush his teeth. I've tried to give choices and I've taken the class on power struggles and I'm still unsure how to handle it. I don't know what consequence would be appropriate at his age if he refuses to let us brush his teeth. Any help or advice would be so greatly appreciated. So Lindsay, I'm going to give you several different options that are completely 100% totally related to the actual issue of toothbrushing. 
And I'm giving you all these different options so that you can do some trial and error. You can do some of them or just try one at a time as each kid is really different and will react more favorably to some things than others. You can do lots of different things. At this age, it's just about getting him used to the habit of brushing his teeth at night without making it a big struggle. And I agree, there's probably not really a consequence out there that you can give that's going to really work. Like, what are you going to say? You can't have you snack until you brush your teeth or you can't go to bed until you brush your teeth. So you just want to try to make it as fun and interesting and lighthearted as possible. So here are some ideas. You can have him go to the store and pick out a cool new toothbrush with a favorite character on it so that he's excited to use it. You can try different toothpaste to find the one that really resonates with him, or you can even skip it altogether if you can't find something and see if that helps. Now, most dentists say that it's fine at this age, and toddler toothpaste actually has no fluoride in it and shouldn't because it's not good for them. Um, So you're not missing out on that extra protection from the fluoride anyway. It's just about getting used to the habit of brushing teeth and why it's important. And then here are some really fun, silly things that you can also do, you can work on to make brushing more fun and more easy. Let him brush the teeth of his favorite stuffed animal and have him tell his favorite animal, the teddy or whatever, how important brushing the teeth is. Let him brush your teeth and then let him know it's your turn to brush his teeth or offer to let him brush his own because, you know, they love to do things on their own. You could point to a body part like the elbow and just be silly. Is this where I should brush? And then pick another one like the tummy. Is this where I should brush? How about here? Maybe point to his nose. How about this? Should we brush your nose? And this can get the kids in a silly, relaxed mood and make brushing easier. It's more fun, more like a game. Um, You can have him make animal sounds, like a roar, to get him to open up his mouth really wide. Show me how a lion roars and show me your big, sharp teeth so we can brush them. You also can do a copycat. So kids like to do things for themselves, like we know, especially at this age. They want to do everything for themselves that they can. So if you both brush your teeth at the same time, looking in the mirror, showing him how to do it, and then he copies you. Also, just in general, keep it short. It's really about getting used to this as a good habit and part of the bedtime routine. And then once you get into that habit, you can lengthen it over time. You also can take turns brushing teeth. He brushes Teddy's teeth and then he brushes his own teeth. You brush your teeth and then you brush his teeth, obviously with your own toothbrushes, (laughs) but you can take turns. You want to keep in mind that toddlers like to be in control as much as possible and to do things for themselves. So offering these choices about the toothpaste, the toothbrush, where to brush, like in the bathroom or the hallway, if they want to stand on the stool or stand on the floor, you want to brush teeth before or after pajamas, and then offering, do you want to brush your teeth or do you want me to do it for you? These are all ways of offering control and therefore getting him more likely to buy into the process of brushing teeth. Also, there are lots of books you can read about toothbrushing, or you can do a search for YouTube for toothbrushing songs and sing these while he brushes his teeth. Now, there's lots of books out there. Some of these include, I love to brush my teeth, Pony brushes his teeth, Sesame Street Ready, Set, Brush, Sugar Bugs, Ginger McFlee will not clean her teeth. And then there's tons and tons more. So if you just do a search on toothbrushing, books about toothbrushing, you'll see an entire list pop up and see what looks interesting to you. You could read these books at bedtime and or throughout the day to get him more in the mindset of brushing teeth and why it's important.
Now, the next question comes from Lauren, who has been dealing with some hateful words during expressions of anger from her four-year-old. This is a little bit of a long question, but it's really important. There's a lot of great details here. So Lauren says, hi, Erin. I am reviewing many of your classes and have learned so much. I have a question about a current issue that we're facing and about how to react in the moment. My son has been struggling with defiance and we're working with him utilizing many of the tactics in your classes as well as seeking help from a child psychologist as it relates to this behavior at school. However, the part I'm struggling with is what to do in the moment, particularly when it feels like nothing is working. So for example, when he starts becoming defiant, usually after we've asked him to do something he doesn't want to do, he will start saying things like, I hate you, I really hate you, I never liked you mommy, listen to me, I hate you. If I completely ignore him, he will escalate that into hitting, kicking, and spitting on me. If I try to address it at first, such as letting him know that these words hurt my feelings and helping him come up with another way to express what he's feeling, he'll mock me back by mimicking my words in a sassy tone, stick out his tongue or other behaviors that are very triggering for me. At some point, I can hardly keep my cool. Ignoring the hateful words or addressing it seems to not make a difference. This happens so many times a day. The only thing seems to be either a pretty massive distraction, which is not possible a thousand times a day, or enough time passing that he finally gets bored of pestering me. But it's not a good option because it's what is about to get him kicked out of school. What should I do in the middle of the situation to stop his need to escalate the situation or continue to mock me? In the middle of these sorts of episodes, it's nearly impossible to reason with him. He is intent on hurting me back in whatever way he can. What should I do in the moment? And there's so many great things in here, and I hope I get to each and every one of these points in here. I'm going to try to remember to go back and hit all of them. But I did write back to Lauren, and I asked for some more details about the situation in order to better be able to help her work with her son. I wanted to know if this was something he's always done, or was it fairly new? If so, is there anything that she could think of that has triggered it? Or has it just recently gotten worse? I also asked for more details about the working with a child psychologist. And I talked about his behavior seemingly having the goal of revenge and to work on it from that angle of addressing the revenge. Now, Lauren responded with more details so that I could better answer the question. And she said, we're only in the beginning stages of working with the child psychologist. He started with the suggestions of working on sleep, beefing up the positive reinforcement as much as we can, and try to identify if he's getting more attention negatively than positively. At preschool, they remove him to the director's office, which we are theorizing actually is an escapist for him or that in whatever triggered the aggression being removed from the classroom actually benefited him so the punishment isn't much of a punishment to him any and all punishments don't seem like a big deal to him except when he doesn't have your attention or when you walk away from him which escalates his behavior even more he hasn't had a full assessment yet but i'm sure it's coming I will note that this is not language he hears at home. My husband and I aren't perfect and certainly can do better, like we all can, right? But we never call names or say we hate each other or even speak to anyone in the way my son has to us. I fear it may be coming from preschool. There are some precocious kids in his class. It seems like his behavior has really come in about the past six months, essentially since he joined the preschool classroom. We struggled in the room prior, when he was three to four, with some aggression and hitting. And now he's a little less physical, but more verbal. There's a lot of potty talk and bullying type language, picking on each other, etc. in the classroom. 
I hope they're addressing it with the other families as well, but I don't know for sure. I feel he may be on the receiving end of some bullying and has gotten comfortable with retaliating. She says also that you're right in that it does feel like revenge. It feels like he thinks you hurt me, so I need to hurt you back worse. The episode this morning that he told me that I'll tell you about in just a minute, I couldn't place what even happened. This evening, I asked him why he got so frustrated and said those things, and he said, oh, it's because you told me to get out of your closet. We were playing in there and messing up your necklaces. I barely even recall saying that. He was so matter-of-fact like it was no big deal. I talked to him about how his words hurt me and that I was sorry I told him to get out of my closet in a way that made him feel upset, that I would try not to bark orders, and he could try to tell me why he's upset before saying hurtful words. We also talked about why I don't want them, meaning he and his two-year-old brother playing in my closet while I get ready for work. He understood and said, I'm sorry, Mommy, I want to try better to use my words because I do love you. He's a sweet boy, and he's probably as bothered by his emotional outbursts that I am. The talking back at school only happens when he's essentially being told to do something and he doesn't really want to, which is all the time. such as washing his hands for snack, putting away toys before going outside. He will dawdle, and then they'll have to nag him to complete his job, and that usually sets him off because he doesn't want to stop what he's doing. I feel like I've painted him in such a bad light. He's an incredibly bright kid who can't play with a toy the way it's designed because he creates his own imaginative play. He has an incredible memory, loves books and stories, is incredibly sweet and affectionate, and is obsessed with all things police. He's an amazing kid, and I love him so much, which is probably why this is also incredibly painful. When we return, I will share all the thoughts and ideas I have for Lauren on her situation after a word from our sponsor, ButcherBox. ButcherBox delivers healthy, 100% grass-fed and grass-finished beef, free-range organic chicken, and heritage breed pork directly to your door. The incredible quality of ButcherBox meats starts with the commitment to raising animals humanely and free of antibiotics and hormones, which is very important to me in raising a healthy family. You can choose from curated boxes including a mix of high-quality beef, chicken, and pork, or customize your own box. Meat is frozen at the peak of freshness in individual vacuum-packed biodegradable packaging. Each box is shipped with a carefully calculated amount of dry ice to ensure it remains frozen after it reaches your doorstep. All meat is delivered right to your doorstep for free. Now, whether you're building your own box or using one of their curated options, the website is super easy to use and delivers right to your front door. Now, I don't know about you, but the less time I need to spend in the grocery store keeping three kids under control, the better and easier my life is. And in addition to saving me time and stress, ButcherBox delivers the most tasty meats our family has ever had. My kids raved about the chicken we had the other night. Juicy and so flavorful. So for free bacon and $20 off your first box, Go to butcherbox.com slash parenting and enter the promo code parenting. So again, to get the free bacon along with $20 off your first box, go to butcherbox.com slash parenting and enter the code parenting. Now that we're back after the break, I'm going to share all the thoughts and ideas I have for Lauren on working with her four-year-old who is struggling to share his anger and frustrations more appropriately instead of having the hateful words be his go-to retaliation. 
Now, I found the rest of the information that Lauren shared extremely helpful in giving her a better direction. Now, while Lauren's son is definitely on the very willful side, and some of the behavior concerned me a little bit when I first heard it, the fact that he's only four and that he does experience remorse and empathy are very positive signs. With some work on recognizing his emotions and coaching better ways to react, the behavior should improve quickly. Also, the fact that they have a school psychologist who has pinpointed how what has been being done in the classroom may actually be exacerbating his behavior, or at the very least, it certainly isn't helping. And so they're working on this aspect as well, and this is all reassuring. Now, since Lauren is a member and her issue was quite distressing, I wanted to answer her as soon as possible. So I did respond to her and share that I feel that he is definitely trying to push her buttons and get a reaction out of her for sure. Just like we had said earlier, it's the revenge. You hurt me, so I want to hurt you back. But the behavior is very mismatched. So what I mean is that the need for revenge is out of balance with what's triggering it. It's misplaced. It's really undue and really completely unwarranted. However, in other situations, it is perfectly possible in some cases, especially with kids where the parents have a lot of power and they're very overbearing. Revenge can be understandable, and I hate to say warranted because there really are better ways of responding to this behavior, but until we teach our kids those ways of behaving and what we expect, they often don't have the tools to act rationally. And so this irrational behavior can be expected to some degree. And again, I say this in instances where parents are just kind of coming down on the kids really hard. You can see a lot of that revenge behavior have be pushed back. But to help Lauren or any other parents dealing with children who are acting overly rude or hurtful, in general, we want to teach that these behaviors are not acceptable. We don't talk to people this way. Then we can walk away and ignore until the child is calm. Now, Lauren, I know you said this is not really feasible, but if as long as you're nearby, then he's going to start the kicking, the hitting, the spitting. You want to be away. And what you can also do is have a talk when he's calm beforehand, before you have another instance, and just say, you know when you get really angry with me and say mean things? I want you to know that the next time and from now on, I will remind you that this behavior is unacceptable and then I will simply walk away until you're ready to be nice to me and talk to me in a calm manner. You can have a discussion in that moment if he would like, answer any of his questions or listen if he talks about why he gets so mad. But we want to get away, just walk away completely. When children are that upset, like you mentioned, Lauren, we're not going to get in there. We're not going to explain that it hurts our feelings, that this is not the way to react or try to help them calm down. They're just too upset. They're too stuck in their brain. And Lauren, I don't know if you've taken the class on tantrums, but you may want to take that because it seems like he's getting stuck in that limbic brain in, when he does this. So even though he's using words, he's getting into that limbic brain. He's not in his rational mind. So you want to walk away let him calm down and get to some place where he can't be kicking, spitting at you. Even if you're behind a bathroom door with it locked while he's kicking and screaming, he may be saying mean words, but he's not getting a reaction out of you. He's not seeing it. But if you explain it beforehand and let him know, you're just not going to put up with it. That should help alleviate this. And then some of the other information that I give um, will help to pull this behavior back. So it is best to walk away and set that boundary really strong because the truth is that if anyone talks to us this way, a parent, a friend, a stranger at a store, we wouldn't stay and tolerate it. So it's the same for kids. We don't stay and listen to abusive language. So walking away, we set that boundary. I am not going to put up with this, right? Again, some of this will depend on the age. I know Lauren, your son is four, but depending on the age, how far can you go? Where can you go? If it's a four-year-old versus a nine-year-old, 
then, you know, with a nine-year-old, you can say, I'm going out for a walk. I'll be gone for 10 or 15 minutes and I'll be back. Or if it's a teen, and teens can be pretty mean and irrational at times too. But setting up this solid communication and these boundaries early will make those teen years a lot easier because when they do overreact, and they will, they will realize it quickly and know as soon as they calm down that the behavior was unacceptable and they will make amends for it. Then once the child is calm, you wanna have a real conversation. Talk about what happened, describe the situation. You can say, describe the situation. So talk through it. Have your child share their feelings. Just like you did, Lauren, you did a great job talking about the closet incidents. You're gonna go through that. Get his ideas, see what happened, and let him know that's unacceptable. And then share why you asked him to do what you did. And even apologizing was great. I'm gonna try to do better so that I'm not saying it in a way that's upsetting to you. That was perfect. If you're asking them to do something around the house, and I have these conversations with our kids probably almost on a weekly basis when they get upset with me for asking them to do something. Our job as parents is to help you grow up and be independent, or we are a family and we all have to pitch in. We need your help to get things done. And sometimes we're going to ask you to do some things to help out. I don't deserve to be yelled at and in such a mean way ever, but especially for asking you to do something you should be doing or whatever the scenario is. If anywhere in there, he wants to share some feelings about why he was so mad, let him discuss those with you. Then you want to ask for some help. How can I let you know it's time to do something without you getting mad? Or I'd like to give you the responsibility of putting your toys away. If we can work on you doing those things on your own, then I won't have to remind you. Again, this is all age dependent. And these are things that you're going to work towards as they get older. But even the best nine or 10 year old is going to forget a responsibility or the task at hand sometimes and going to need reminded. But these are things I talk to my kids about a lot. I like to give them responsibility. I like to let them take it on. Then they don't get mad at me for nagging them. And then I don't have to do it. So just want to try to, you'll just hand these over as they get older, as the years go on. As far as developmentally, it is common for kids two, three, and even four to lash out physically, hitting, kicking, etc., and then go to verbal once they become more verbal. So his progression all makes sense. The most concerning thing is the language that he's picked up and that he's using that to lash out so harshly. It's also a very positive sign, though, that he's showing remorse and feels badly about hurting your feelings and that you can talk about it. So you're going to coach him on better ways to share his anger in those quiet moments when you're sitting down and going through it. Go through what happened and talk about it, just like you did. Give some ideas on what he can try instead and see what resonates with him and have him try it. Something like count to five in your head or take five deep breaths or just share your emotions, I'm feeling angry, or I don't want to stop playing in the closet. Just anything he can use to share his feelings in any way rather than saying hateful words will start to get you moved in the right direction. If you can catch him as he's getting angry, you can try to pull him back. I can see you're getting angry. Let's take five deep breaths together. Or tell me why you're feeling so angry. Or if he's more into physical waves, give an option for a physical way to get his anger out and then come back and talk. So does he want to go punch his pillow or go run around the house? Whatever it is that he chose as the method that he would like to try, when you discuss it during the calmer time and see how it goes. If it doesn't work at all, discuss again when he's calm. You wanted to try deep breaths. How do you think that worked? Why or why not? Do you want to keep practicing that and see if it gets better or try something else? You want to try that type of thing. You're going to do some trial and error 
and start to get him to calm down and put some space between getting angry and reacting. And once he can put a little bit of space in there is when he's going to do a better job of sharing his emotions or finding a better way to share his being angry rather than taking it out on you. Also, I'm wondering how you feel about the preschool. I'm wondering if it's the right fit for him. Now, I'm not suggesting pulling him out, and it is a big decision. I don't like parents just pulling kids out because it's not going well, but it is something to mull over. If you think it might be a good option, you could talk about it and visit some other schools. Now, the reason I say this is that it's hard for kids, and especially hard for some kids, to have to clean up and move to a new activity when they get so engrossed in their play. And your son has a lot of imagination, so he probably gets very deep in his play, and it's hard to pull back out of that to go do snack time if you really don't want to. So I'm wondering if a school that fosters and celebrates that kind of learning might be a better fit. I'm not sure what type of school he's in, but I'm thinking possibly Montessori, a Waldorf, or a Reggio-type school, or one that has this philosophy as part of their base might be a better fit. Basically, a school that doesn't have so much regimen, structure, and expectation that offers more freedom and schedule and play. These types of schools, the Montessoris, the Waldorfs, the Reggios, still have the same basic daily schedule, but the children are given more freedom to choose if they want to keep playing. They don't have to do snack or circle or activity or change stations if they don't want to, if they're not ready. They're free to stay and play at whatever station is catching their interest until they are done. They're invited to join circle or reading time or snack, but it's not mandatory. Basically, he would be allowed to keep doing what he's doing until he decides he's done. If he wants snack, Great, then he can wash his hands first and then come get snack. Or he can keep doing what's interesting to him. In my experience, it does seem that kids who struggle with some of these behaviors do tend to be very smart. So I don't doubt that he's super bright. And I think possibly a change in environment could be beneficial. I also know that it isn't always as easy as it sounds, but it is something to consider. I know this was a lot of information, And there's a lot of different things to try and a lot of different steps to take to work on pulling this back. If you need some clarification, if anyone else is dealing with an issue related to this and would like to share your unique situation and get some answers for that, or if you have any parenting question you'd like answered, you can send an email to podcast at yourvillageonline.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.